0: So, off to Latin America. Our good friend uh, John Bonfilio will join us uh, with some of the stories from uh, Central and uh, Southern America. Across the UK, Overnight, with Martin Kellner. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars, a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico. A good friend, John Bonfilio, who joins us from Campeche in Mexico. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us.
1: Good evening, Martin. How are you?
0: Uh, not too bad yourself?
1: Good. Sad to hear good. on the one hand that Jed is leaving. Yeah. On the other hand, it opens up our El Salvador Bitcoin business opportunities
0: that I've been pushing him to get involved in. Yes, I'm sure he he can't wait to get more Bitcoin because he's doing doing so well um, right we'll start with the, I mean we're very useful as we know and I've uh, probably talked about it ad nauseum but I've been in hospital a few times in the uh, in the last month or so um, and many of the doctors certainly in the hospitals around here uh, from uh, from overseas um, not come across uh, Cubans greatly but there's a hospital in Fermanagh in Northern Ireland um, who are being uh, you know in their staff short. Shortages, which all the hospitals have at the moment, they're being uh, helped out by uh, doctors from Cuba. Tell me uh, tell me about that.
1: Well, Cuba is considering the request, yeah, for Manonoma District Council have issued a call to the Cuban government for, for medical support in light of their staffing shortages, uh, which has led to cancellations in a series of services, in particular, uh, most, I guess, worryingly, the temporary suspension of uh, emergency general surgery and the cuban embassy in london has uh, responded that they've received this request and that the health ministry of cuba is considering uh, it and we'll, we'll get back to them uh, the cuban doctors you don't normally see one or two here or there the cuban state as with everything else cuba it's whatever the cuban state decides that gets uh, that that takes place so you tend to see lots of different cuban doctors say here in mexico for example whenever there's an earthquake uh, you get a lot of Cuban doctors that come to uh, to assist, and, and that happens internationally as well across the Americas, and in particular in in Africa. This is unusual, I guess, because it's almost like you know a call for international aid from a UK Northern Irish uh, uh, hospital to what would ordinarily be regarded as a country perhaps which is less uh, you know has less economic development wherewithal. But of course, it, it reminds us of Cuba's long history of Outstanding healthcare and also their, their their medical diplomacy in terms of how they send doctors uh, to you know to various different parts of the world. Interestingly, also Cuba again a measure of their uh, health um, development and indices. They are the smallest country in the world to have developed its own COVID uh, vaccine. So certainly one of those news stories this week, which you sort of did a little bit of a double take on, mm, but then yeah. when you look at it in more detail, you actually realise it actually makes perfect sense in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And Cuba has always been famous for for things like healthcare, despite the fact that it's uh, it's a very poor country.
1: Yeah, it's it's the Cuban state decided uh, quite a long time ago at the time of the revolution that actually it was going to invest in certain things like education uh, and like healthcare, and it really goes you know to, to town on it. Um, interesting if you look at the number of doctors per thousand people, Cuba has twice as many doctors. Per thousand people, as as the UK, and two and a half times more than the US. It's certainly one of the you know the big high watermarks. You know, we, when we talk about soft power, uh, if you think about Cuba, medicine, medical supplies, medical expertise is really the biggest thing that they have on their you know on their wall chart next to maybe baseball. Yeah
0: absolutely now we we don't uh, associate um, central america with uh, with anything that's going on between taiwan and china we've you know that's been in the news a whole lot recently with the uh, agreement between the us australia and the uk uh, for nuclear submarines uh, but taiwan's um president is uh is visiting uh, uh, Guatemala and Belize uh, next week. Well, explain that to me. It seems odd.
1: Yeah, get get ready because this is going to be the news a whole lot more. And it's actually to do with the fact that Honduras has just switched, switched its recognition from Taiwan to, to China. I think contextually it's important to remember that there are now only 14... 14- countries left that reckon uh, that recognize officially recognize uh taiwan as a country and have diplomatic relationships uh relationships with that country internationally of, of which one is the vatican a number of others are pacific island territories and so the only really significant countries left uh, are in latin america uh, and actually in the recent past nicaragua el salvador panama costa rica and the dominican republic have all switched Allegiances. So all you've got left now is Paraguay, Guatemala, and and Belize. And this this turning, this this switch that Honduras undertook, announced last week, has Taiwan particularly worried. So the Taiwanese uh, Premier Tsai Ing-wen is coming on a on an official visit to try and shore up her support and presumably uh, promise a lot of money and investment because that is where this battleground is being fought internationally and certainly where China has has made inroads over the last 50 years or so with its incredibly strong coercive international campaign to to garner support by investing by building by offering loans and really having I'm mean, almost I mean, internationally but certainly anywhere you go in Latin America you don't have to look very far for major Chinese investment infrastructural projects whether that's hospitals whether that's uh, roads, whether that's ports, bridges being built. The level of Chinese investment in the region is absolutely remarkable.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting that, you know, because it is, you know, when you look at um, geopolitics, if you like, if you look at world politics, uh, that looks to be where, you know, we might, um, we might see uh, a major flashpoint. Um, just finally on sports, the uh, World Baseball Classic uh, uh, ends with no, almost uniquely, no Latin American teams in the final matchup.
1: No, and the only one that actually really sort of punched above its way. Well. I mean, if you look down the chart of, of course, because Latin American sides and countries a number uh, really regard themselves as being uh, world baseball superpowers. But if you mm-hmm. look at how that whole thing played out, I mean, the Dominican Republic didn't even make it. Uh, previous winners of the World Baseball Classic didn't even make it into the quarterfinals, past the group stage. They were knocked out by by puerto rico um cuba lost got absolutely thrashed by by the u.s 14-2 in in the semi-final and if you look down that list the only country that actually exceeded expectations was was mexico that would have gone into the final had it not been for a really remarkable ninth inning uh u-turn where japan just suddenly managed to pull uh pull pull not a, a proverbial rabbit out of a hat and then obviously went on to, uh, to win the whole thing. But yeah, it certainly has uh, baseball fans uh, across Latin America scratching their heads a little bit as to how the, the, the region managed to perform so poorly across the board in, in this equivalent of the World Cup of Baseball.
0: Yeah, it's unusual. I mean, I don't know whether people are losing interest in, in baseball in uh, in Latin America and uh, maybe um, football has now become just, you know, supreme and, uh, uh, and people are no longer that interested in baseball. Is that it or is it just a blip, do you think?
1: I mean, I think you could look at it the other way. You could also look at it, the fact that the USA had a particularly strong team this year as well. So Japan historically is incredibly strong uh, too. But actually, this was the first time since the, the tournament began in 2006 where you've almost had a full rotor of uh, the USA's top stars almost take the field. So it, it gave them you know, a great deal of, uh, of strength. And then you, you look down some of the other countries like Venezuela, actually, you know, in terms of its resources, it's remarkable that it can actually pull a team uh, to, together mm. at all. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's it, it, yeah perhaps something to look at both ways in terms of a gradual uh, weakening of a of a grip in terms of the powerhouse of of Latin America, but certainly other countries, you know, getting stronger and stronger. And actually, that's part of the point of this tournament. You know, baseball wants to evangelize. Baseball wants to become an international, global sport, and that's the, one of the the raison d'etre of this tournament even existing. So perhaps you know the, the existence of the tournament is actually proving to be um, successful in that regard, in terms of bringing other teams up to. Yeah you know a, a, a certain level of strength
0: yeah absolutely um as always uh, john thank you uh, ever so much do appreciate it and uh, we'll talk again next week
1: no problem take care
0: good man there we go uh, john bonfilio uh, joining us from campeche in uh, mexico uh, we-